Welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast, where we explore the detail of what it really takes to achieve great success in the business of property developments and investments. Now let's get into this week's episode. And a very warm welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast. Uh, Nigel Green here from the Equa Academy, and it gives me great pleasure uh, this morning to to have with us uh, Tamash uh, Rigo, um, a great friend of ours, been with us for a number of years now. Welcome, Tamash. Hi, Nigel. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to talk to you anytime, and uh, you know it's an honour to be included in your podcast. Oh, thank you very much. That's fantastic. Right. So we, we've got some um, real interesting questions for you. Just like to kind of just lift the lid uh, in terms of uh, uh, Tamash and your business and the wonderful things you're doing at the moment. And uh, I think it would be uh, very appropriate in the first instance, maybe just to ask you, you to introduce yourself and maybe provide the listeners with a bit of background. Of course, but I, I thought we would play, you know, a, a game first. Would you be Would you be open for that? Always up for a game. Okay, <laughs> so you might know the three plus one when uh, someone is stating four life facts, but only three of them are true, and one is a kind of lie, a, a, a white lie. So uh, I will give you three, four life events, and I will ask you to guess which one is just made up, okay? okay. So the first one is, uh, at the age of 10, my body threw me into the deep side of the pool. When I was pulled up, I was not breathing. I had no pulse, but, uh, you know, they, I mean, the guard successfully resuscitated me. Number two, I used to be a massive Formula One uh, fan, uh, fan. And uh, for an entire race weekend, my full name, Tomas Rigo, was printed on the sides of the uh, F1 race cars of Barrichello and Jensen Button. This was in 2006 uh, at the Brazilian Grand Prix. Number three, unfortunately, I was born with epilepsy, a really kind of debilitating uh, condition, but I was successfully cured uh, by the age of 14. And the last one, uh, a good friend of mine, Anton Imrod, who was uh, a successful uh, uh, movie director in Hollywood, invited me uh, to a party in 2006 when I was uh, in LA. We went to uh, Las Vegas, and that party became, you know, the base story uh, for the original Hangover movie. So, uh, drowning at the age of ten. F1 cars with my name, epilepsy being cured, and the hangover-based story. Which one is not true? <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Oh, my goodness me. I mean, I ideally hope um, the one that isn't true, or maybe two, um, is number one and number three. Um, but um, it's one's got to be true, hasn't it? <laughs> the um, I know... I know because I know you very, very well. I know you are a massive Formula One uh, fan, and and I believe number two is probably right. Uh, I'll, I'll be interesting to know how that happened, but mm-hmm. I think number two is probably right. Um, the what number four? Number four is an interesting one. Um, 
I've never heard that from you in conversations of all the years I've known you. So I might go for, I think it's either three or four, but I think, I think I'm going to go for four. Wow. You, you, you're right. And, and it's, 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 um, it must be your, you know, uh, a martial arts uh, intuition, because I, I tell you, I played this game uh, quite a few times with people and people, especially people who don't know me. I mean, they, they tend to go for the formula one car thing. Uh-huh. Is that, 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 I mean, you know, you can, you can have all kinds of life events. That's, that's sounds a bit over the top. Uh, but you're right. Uh, I actually don't know, uh, Anton, Anton Uh, I wish I, I know our architect uh, who designed our house. He worked uh, with Anton Nimrod uh, on a on a couple of um, Hollywood projects, but uh, I, I I don't know him personally. I hope, yeah, once. So congratulations, you got it right. So thank you. Uh, let, let me let me you know kind of formally introduce myself. Uh, a few uh, important things. Uh, I mean, for me, the most important thing in my life is, uh, and uh, I think that's true for most people, is my family. I'm an ex-corporate guy. Uh, it's uh, in that sense. I think it's not a coincidence that uh, you know we work with you, uh, Attila, and my business partner and I. I think we share many values uh, with you uh, and Mark. We're coming in somewhat, you know, from similar background. You've been, you know, long-term uh, in an long-term corporate career. We had, uh, you know, twenty-plus years uh, in multiple countries, uh, in local, regional, and global roles. Uh, and you know, a couple of years ago, uh, we both left uh, the corporate world. Uh, we set up uh, our company, uh, Rico's Property. Uh, I'm not new to you know the property world, but the projects that we're now embarking on, uh, they are much bigger than what I've done mainly with my wife in the past. Uh, we've done many renovations. We've, we, we built apartments in Budapest into airspace, uh, and uh, the most difficult and most challenging uh, project was until you know the recent one that we are working on now is is the house we built where i'm sitting now because we uh, obtained planning for this new build uh, in 2014 in, in in an area of outstanding natural beauty uh, green belt i mean you know the area you are lucky i i i told you and, and mark how uh, envious I was uh, about your uh, runfall side because it's only 800 meters from from where I sit, but you're outside Greenbelt. You're outside, you know, area of outstanding natural beauty, and and uh, I think that's that makes things somewhat less complicated. But you know, it was a huge learning when we did this. Uh, it was a huge learning in that sense as well. You know, talking about you know property learnings that. I was a, probably a bit uh, overambitious, thinking that yeah, we've done all these things in the past, and you know how more more difficult could be just building a single house. And then you learn that uh, you know it is a much more complicated business in terms of planning, 
It is a much more complicated business in terms of building regulations. It is much more complicated business in terms of uh, the oversight that you need to have, especially, I mean, we were unlucky because we had to fire our uh, project manager very early in the process. And then uh, Andrea, my wife, and I, we had to project manage the uh, whole build uh, uh, until until the uh, uh, certification. So I probably jumped into into too much into the middle of it, but uh, you know, just a few things that I think it's worthwhile knowing. I'm uh, sorry, and I didn't mention probably the most important fact because people hear that my accent is is obviously not a British accent; it's not a native accent. I'm I was born Hungarian. Uh, I'm a naturalized uh, uh, English uh, citizen as well. First time I came into this country was when I did my uh, second university de degree in the early 90s. And I went home. I worked for you know, United Biscuits. Then I uh, managed a company. Then I, uh, in 1999, I joined British American Tobacco uh, for six years in Budapest. Then I came to London into our uh, global headquarters. And I worked, worked in our uh, Hamburg office, then I worked in Moscow, uh, and then uh, for the last, uh, between 2009 and 2020, when I left the company, I again worked at our uh, global headquarters uh, in, in London, central London. So that's it, basically. Fantastic insight there, Tamash. And, uh, and thank you. Thank you for that. But it, it it's interesting how it follows a journey that's, that's quite common to a lot of people, you know, going into the corporate world, um, you know, spending, I'm sure, many, many days away from the family uh, for such a long period and, you know, getting all the way up to that kind of heady height within those particular businesses and, and getting to a point in life where, where things and observations become more of a priority, family being one, stability being the other, you know, freedom being another, and these sorts of things. And, you know, I know how hard you've worked, you know, with, with Attila uh, and others, you know, to get to where you've, you've got to. And, you know, along that journey, and we all, we all speak about adversity, don't we? We speak about the adversity of the moment and, you know, what we jump into. And, but what it does, it, it, it makes us, um, gives us that experience, broadens our shoulders. So kind of the next time around, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I know, I know what that is now. So we'll, we'll deal with it. Possibly in a different way, but we always learn, don't we? And that, that's the underlying factor. You always learn uh, every step of the way. And that kind of makes the experience piece come into play, doesn't it? So, yeah, well done for what you've you've done thus far. And, you know, there's going to be some amazing things going forward. In terms of uh, property, um, what what made you choose property as a vehicle to wealth and, and success? Uh, what made me choose is... I think two things. One was experience. <laughs> the second was uh, was uh, a kind of passion. I mean, uh, I, I I don't I can't remember if 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 I if I told you about that. But uh, w when I was starting to prepare, you know, my for my departure from corporate uh, back in 2016 17. Uh, I, there was a short period when I got really excited about, you know, technology startups. 
and uh, I was I was uh, spending a lot of time learning about you know technology startups, uh, actually working up in you know, concepts. And I tell you, I can tell you outside the uh, outside the uh, podcast what was the the one that uh, uh, is going to be I think for someone at one point a huge business or part of a huge business but uh, i mean after after spending a lot of time with that uh, and then when it came to the decision uh, around you know 2019 that okay uh, i knew that i wanted to leave in 2020 because that was when my son finished at rgs uh, guilford move to uh, university sign Th- that was always the milestone i set for myself you know leaving the corporate world and, and and when it became seriously about making the decision i had to weigh up also you know my experience and and i knew that uh, in a in a tech startup i mean i would i would burn uh, through our assets much faster and you would have to you know constantly raise you know, money uh, all the time, which is in some in some sense similar to property. And especially we're moving now in an inflationary environment, you know, co- permanently raising funds is probably going to become the norm, not the exception. But when I when I had to, you know, say, look, okay, if I look at my strengths against other people who would, you know, move into the same space, probably seeing what we do copying it, blah, blah, blah. I had to take a step back and, and ultimately I said, look, you're probably going to burn through your, you know, the monies, the uh, asset that you built up uh, for, uh, over a long uh, career, uh, sh- uh, you know, slower on, in property and uh, you will have better chances, you know, to succeed and get further faster than uh, in the technology world. So that's that's how uh, the decision was made. Uh, I I was relying uh, on my you know skills that I built over a long career. I was relying on experience that I built on uh, property projects that we done on the side. I was relying on the uh, positive experience on generating money out of property, money out of property assets that we built over time. So uh, passion and experience versus higher risk, let's say, put me into property. I see. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you think there will be a point in time where they may, you know, may reconsider that that position and maybe have a look at the startup? Uh, I think by the time I, I get there and I, I, I will have the ability, uh, that space will be occupied because, because that uh, type of technology, the combination of technologies that will facilitate what I was, what I was referring to is now very fast emerging. And, you know, the, the other reason why I was, I was not attempting to do it because the other problem in technology, you never know until it until the company comes out on the market yeah. who is already working on it. Yeah. So there might be companies, and I have 
one company in mind uh, who actually might work, might be working in the background on that technology already. I see. I see. Really interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, in terms of kind of the key key milestones, achievements, you know, in your property journey thus far, could you could you tell us about some of those? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for everyone, I think the first milestone when you buy your first home, and 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 for that, that was already, I mean, back in nineteen ninety four, so quite a long time ago, and 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 already in that, I think uh, we with my wife we managed to be a bit inv- inventive because. Uh, apart from the seed capital we had at that time, I mean, back in Hungary in 1994, uh, there were no mortgages. Uh, it was very difficult, therefore, to get bank uh, loan. Uh, but because my company at the time, United Biscuits, was you know very keen to keep me happy, uh, because there were not many guys around in Hungary at the time who. You know, graduated from the U.S. or the U.K. Uh, and kind of demonstrated uh, the skills, the attitude that uh, I, I, I was demonstrating in the first year of uh, working uh, uh, for the company back there, and also for the uh, industrial placement year that I spent with the U.K. company over here. So they were quite quite keen to keep me happy. So I went to the company and told them that, look, guys, uh, I'm, I'm a bit fed up with, you know, paying a significant percentage of my salary uh, into uh, a uh, for, for, for tenancy. Would you be able to provide me uh, a loan uh, to buy our first property? And, uh, you know, they we were working through some terms and conditions, and they provided me a loan, uh, which was at the time, half the interest annual interest rate than the bank rates uh, at the time so that was a major milestone because it was, otherwise it would have been very very difficult to get on the property ladder and from from there you know each time uh, when we when we moved and we bought another property we bought a property that we were able to add value i mean probably the next big milestone was uh, a few Properties further, uh, actually two proper, two or three properties that, that further down the uh, line because we were doing this. I mean, every second year basically. Uh, in 1999, when uh, I moved back to Budapest, we bought our first property in a very special up-and-coming uh, uh, space, uh, place, and again by you know clever adding value, uh, still to date my best property deal. We uh, had, uh, you know, over 15 months, more than 80% annual return, you know, between buying, uh, uh, spending on the, on the place and, the, and then selling it. That property was also special. I, I, I keep, you know, kind of uh, pulling the legs of, uh, uh, you know, UK agents and uh, lawyers, solicitors with that because uh, when things are slow, I, I like to ask them uh, the question, look, guys, do you know what was the fastest time for me to buy a property uh, in Budapest from the time I set foot on it until the time we signed the contract and actually uh, paid, paid the money? 
you know, they come up with all kinds of predictions. What 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 is what is your what is your tip? What is your uh... I I. I, I know you so well with these these questions, and uh, I, I know some of the amazing stuff. So you're probably asking the wrong person because I reckon, I reckon it's the app, number of hours. I reckon it's <laughs> I reckon it's down to let's say eight hours. <laughs> you you you're you're a guru. You're you're, a, you're an Eastern Eastern guru, uh, Nigel. It was thirteen hours. Thirteen hours. Thirteen hours uh, from the time. Uh, they picked up the phone. We went in, and and then basically become became owners of the property. And within two weeks, they they moved out. Uh, and and the next, I mean, the next big uh, uh, milestone was when the first time, you know, we acquired uh, uh, properties uh, as investments. So we were never lived in in, in those. That was in two thousand six, and then the, and then the first kind of new build. Uh, that was into into airspace in 2008 and 9 uh, and then uh, i already mentioned that uh, you know we built our first you know r- real kind of greenfield new build from scratch uh, from out of the ground uh, in 2015 2000, sorry 2014 uh, and 15 and then it is now i mean now with with the current two projects and that's again a step change up in terms of complexity in terms of challenges i mean i i, I never had to work on a, a on a deal uh, where you know at any point in time we had between six and eight lawyers involved and that's that's just i mean almost crippling <laughs> you, you know lawyers in this country and uh, sorry for lawyers solicitors if if anyone is listening to you know this 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 country but it is it is a humongously uh slow and artificially uh, difficult process it is it is absolutely and i i now i fondly recall a, a situation when i was in the corporate world actually and uh we were doing a particular quite complex deal. Um, we were by we were securing a development, which is actually a renewable power station. So it was quite a complex one. And um, you know, the legal process was going on and it was going on. And somebody, you know, we were almost there, then somebody would raise a question or a or a point and you have to go all the way around again. You know, we're talking about a similar number of lawyers that you you were just experiencing. And I just got absolutely to the end of my tether. You know, I was getting pressure from above, the sides, the bottom, everything. It was all coming at gatters. And I, I called a meeting, and it, it just makes me smile now um, where I was in that place back then. But I literally called a meeting, got all the solicitors in one room, and I walked into the room. And as I closed the door, I turned the key, and I took the key, and I said, nobody's getting out of this room until we've agreed this deal. That's, that's, that's the way. Do, do you know the... I think it's it's a quite infamous story uh, about the uh, first first Mars expedition that the NASA was preparing, and and I mean the different teams were just not incorporating, and and ultimately the uh, head of the head of the uh, mission decided that okay guys from now on. We'll only have, you know, the uh, 
pr program progress meeting Friday afternoon at five o'clock. And suddenly, you know, things, they started to agree with each other. From that moment on, when, when you're eating into your, yep. you know, so awaited weekend, they started to properly talk to each other during the week as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, these, these tips and tricks of, uh, I guess we're talking around project management, really. I mean, it's management of an outcome ultimately, isn't it? And, um, you know, I, I, again, some, some projects that I've worked on, you know, the, um, AWE, the atomic we weapons establishment and MOD activity. And, and they, they've got an amazing technique. They, they, I forget what they call them, but they're, they're 10 minute more, uh, meetings in the morning at eight o'clock every single day. And nobody's allowed to sit down. Okay. There's no niceties of teas or coffees or, or, you know, chocolate hobnobs. There's none of that. Okay. You're literally, and, and most of the time they will have the meeting outside, even in inclement weather. <laughs> <laughs> and the meeting is 10 minutes and everybody gets a chance to say their thing in terms of what the activities are, be it today or over the next week. And 10 minute meeting starts, round the cut, stops and everybody goes. <laughs> it's just, it is really. So the chocolate hobnob and the cup of tea is, you know, inversely uh, supportive of getting things done, I think. So it's yeah. interesting, very amusing ways that people get things uh, moving forward. So, I mean, I guess we've kind of touched on a few challenges, um, you know, that we've had along the along the journey, really. But I'd like to um, just ask you because, you know, the reality is things don't always go according to plan. You know that that is the reality of uh, of life. You know, could you take us through something that you've encountered uh, unexpectedly uh, and how you overcame the challenge? And it could be it could be personal, it could be property, business related, but. Uh, like to hear uh, I probably have to I mean for the worst moment in my career I probably have to go back very far in the past uh, and again it, uh, this takes me back to 1994 I think 1994 October uh, on arrival back uh, you know fr from 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 the UK uh, after graduation uh, I was I was given a, a huge, you know, vote of confidence uh, from United Biscuits over there. Uh, they, after a very short period of time, something like three months, uh, accommodating myself into the into the local company, which was a market leader uh, in all all his uh, fields over there. They gave me, you know, the challenge to lead uh, the outsourcing of the entire logistics operations of, of, of the company. And, and I knew, you know, from my studies that that normally, you know, you do after five, 10 years of experience, solid experience in the industry. Uh, so I had to take, uh, take it very seriously. And, and we went through a, a really good uh, tendering process. We uh, picked a Dutch uh, logistics uh, company uh, over a, uh, 15, uh, 14, 15 minute months uh, project time. We basically uh, built up their capabilities in Budapest to take over, you know, the pro previously decentralized uh, logistics operations in, at a centralized uh, space. It also meant that uh, we had to, you know, over, before, you know, full go live, 
We had to start to build up stocks over there. We've done the right things. We started to, we started to split, you know, the distribution to the retailers and to the big retailer warehouses between the existing and, uh, and this decentralized network and then the, and the centralized. So we did all the right things. And then just two days before go live. Uh, and, and this was, this, this was a Saturday. I mean, I was, I was at home uh, and, you know, the phone went off and the managing director, the local managing director of, of the distribution logistics company called me and said, Tanash, uh, I need to ask you to come here. I said, Jensen, what's going on? Tanash, just please jump in the car and come here. <sighs> okay. So I, I drove to, drove to Budapest. Arrived at the uh, uh, central warehouse, and you saw right away the chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they, at that point, they didn't even know what is causing the chaos. Why, why you know the uh, forty of drug drivers go to Iraq and they find a different product over there than what is designated uh, to that location. In the system, uh, so obviously they were, and, and and you know this was the point where where we would have switched all our uh, you know sale distribution of the sold products to this central warehouse. So I asked I asked a few questions. I learned that they don't understand what's what's going on. Uh, the managing director was saying that look, Tash, okay, we can do this and this and that and that to make sure that we can at least, you know, serve the uh, the, the biggest customers. You know, to and said to the answer, no, you don't see. We can't do that because we would only increase the chaos. You have to stop. I have to go. Not even Monday. Tomorrow, I have to call my top team, telling them that temporarily. We will take back distribution to the decentralized network. I will set up a meeting by Wednesday between now and Wednesday. You know, the job is to find out what caused the, what caused, what is, what is causing this absolute chaos. And then on Wednesday, I want to present them a, an action plan, but which will take us where he wanted to be on Monday. And basically, and it was, it was massively difficult, you know, to say that because uh, at a time when we uh, pushed through, you know, the uh, outsourcing decision with my commercial director at the time, there was strong headwind against it. The finance director didn't want it mm. because of the uh, short-term finance impact of it. I mean, you know, the medium to long term uh, uh, business case was absolutely positive, but short term there was a hit. So uh, it was a difficult decision. I had to call the guys, told them that on Wednesday they have to meet me, and I will do this and this and that. And uh, you know, actually by Wednesday we found out what happened, and it's it's one of those really stupid things. I mean, the guys did. Uh, Many tests, many tests, all the way up to the last moment, and you can't imagine. But a management training loaded into the real 
master database, the test data. So basically, you uh, you know you, you the the system generated the picking list, and 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 sent you know the pickers you know the forklift trucks to the locations where the test system basically coded the products. I mean, in that situation, it's it can be only by coincidence that you find what you're looking for. So that's 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 basically. I mean, the learning over there was you you. You have to be able to step back. You have to be able to take the hard decision. Otherwise, I mean, you're just digging yourself into into a deeper uh, problem. I, to- I, to- I totally agree. And yeah, that that's that's an insight into a major ma- major issue that was, you know, captured. As you say, sometimes you you do have to stop. You do have to stop and. And uh, you know, I've experienced situations very, very similar to that. Different, different sector. I mean, we're in data centres and those sort of things historically, and and we had a we, we were sent all around Europe actually in terms of troubleshooting um, when data centre bills were going wrong, and you know there was issues and on all these sorts of things. And we were we were posted from the UK over into a site um, in Holland. Um, and in Amsterdam, actually, and um, you know, we went there, and literally, we walked onto site because it's all it's eyes wide open at that point, isn't it? Eyes and ears wide open, and um, you know, the health and safety was poor. You know, we we were met by a gentleman. You imagine this is a building site, and we all know what we do on building sites: hard hats, high vis. You know, in our case, goggles, gloves, boots, and we were met by a chappy. Who was uh, surfing the uh, the main corridor on a pallet truck for wearing flip flops, and wow. that was what we were that was what we were greeted with <laughs> in a full you know a full construction site, and and it was that you you know somebody has to step forward and go stop stop. You have to say, guys, you have a leadership problem over absolutely. here. The yeah. flip flop is not the problem. Yeah, you have a leadership issue. If yeah. that guy is on. He probably was in flip flop yesterday as well, and nobody told him. Yeah, nobody taught him. My it God, be, it can be the smallest things that cause the biggest problems as well. Yeah. Can't it? And you know, reevaluating, bringing the team together, and you know, using a culture as well, um, which I think is really important. Of there's no blame. All it is is finding solutions and moving forward. You know, that sort of approach, really. So yeah, I I, to- I, I I totally resonate with that that particular example, and uh, you know, fair play, you got it sorted out, and it's uh, it's probably still going today, absolutely perfect, which is wonderful. So, uh, it's I mean, there's been loads of changes in that industry. Uh, United Biscuits is not anymore what it used to be. Right. Um, so, a question. So, lessons. Just talking about lessons learned. Um, so, you know, what lessons have you learned along the way? Obviously many, but I think we're running sh- probably short of time, so I, I probably restrict myself only one. And, and, and I, I learned through many teams. I managed teams I was part of, uh, you know, non-functional, not functionally organized, but uh, projects I've been involved with in, the, in in different roles that it is the most important that you surround yourself with people 
who share your values, but they complement your skills. I mean, you know that I'm a big believer of uh, Covey's, you know, seven habits. You know, he said almost everything that has to be, you know, said about human relationships in your private life and in in your work and and career and in your business life. And, and, And that is that is so important that you know, you you complement your weaknesses. You, what makes you successful in anything are your strengths and how well you can actually, you know, complement with people and, and actually cover your weaknesses Absolutely. by the strengths of other people. Absolutely. And but that's 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 that only works if they, they share or have similar values to you, because otherwise. Uh, I mean, values always rule over time, longer term, uh, and 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 the the two have to the values and this you know complementing strengths have to go hand in hand. Absolutely. That's that's I think is is is, is so so important. Totally. It's a bit general thing, not that property specific, but uh, I think it's very important. Well. Yeah, very good. And what are your plans for the future? Uh, I mean. In short, I mean, it's not a mission. Our vision is to build a company that we love to run. Uh, because I think we've done big things uh, you know, uh, at, at BIT. I mean, especially Attila, uh, you, you know his background. Uh, but anytime, in any environment, when your choices are, are not your choices. You're not going to be happy. We want to build a company where our choices are our choices. It is difficult, especially in an environment that we're moving into. But even then, you know, you make your choices. It's not like uh, another part of the organization is making your choices. So we want to enjoy what we're doing. We want to build a company that we enjoy to run. Uh, and we want to uh, build a company that will give us, you know, choices, give us the opportunity to do what we want to do. You don't want, I, I guess that's what you call freedom. I mean, you were referring to freedom uh, at the beginning. It's Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. And you've got some great projects uh, in the pipeline at the moment, haven't you? Which is, uh, you know, very, very positive. Um, yeah, and going to be very exciting. I'm sure there'll be another podcast on those uh, a bit later on, but that's, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you're probably aware um, I, I featured in a, uh, a wonderful book, actually. It was really, really heartfelt. Um, it was an opportunity. I was invited to write a chapter um, in a book called Advice to Your Younger Self, and it's available on Amazon. And it was a, it was a moment for me just to reflect almost on my life and, you know, given the time again, you know, if I was in those younger shoes and I could speak to my younger self, you know, the kind of little tips and tricks I would I would say to that person to uh, with the wealth of knowledge that obviously we all gain as we as we go through our our years. Um, is there, you know, could you give us your insight into that and what advice you would give to your younger self? Um, what that would be. Yeah, I, I know the answer to that question uh, for 12 years. And and uh, that advice is that, uh, two, two actually. I mean, Rigo, never stop learning. Uh, never leave, you know, ne- always 
every week, if possible, each day, do some self-education. Never leave your education, your training to your company. Uh, that's that's the serious one. Uh, uh, and uh, I, 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 I got to that 12 years ago because I kind of neglected, you know, the seventh habit, habit, habit about, you know, self-regeneration for 10 years before that. And it, and it impacted many things, many things in my life, including, you know, the tapering out of my career. Uh, the less, less serious but more important one is I would say to myself, Rigol, you must, as that chick out who you saw on the 19th of December uh, from one side of the river, you know, having a sun bath on the other side of the river, that blonde chick, you go there next day, you must ask her out. That's, that's, <laughs> that's probably even, not probably, it's even more important than the keep learning, never stop learning. Fantastic. That, that's absolutely amazing. Tamash, I mean, I'm sure people would want to follow you after hearing this. I mean, it's, it's a, a wonderful story, you know, l- peppered with, you know, uh, experience and advice that you've got to give people. You know, how can they, how can they follow you or get in touch? Probably the easiest. If, if they Google Rikos property, they click through to our website. You know, both Attila and I have our uh, contact details in the Get In Touch section. And I'm sure they, they, if they do some search on social media, they will find me on most uh, social media uh, platforms as well. Absolutely. And I'm sure there'll be some very interesting sites to have a look at in due course and uh, maybe some site tours booked. Who knows? But Yeah, and they, they should check out my wife's new e-commerce site, ddoggy.com, Gifts for Dog Lovers. Do that now, please. I, I, I've seen that. And I tell you what, my wife is super excited about that website. So. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Thank you. It went live three days ago. Indeed, indeed. Really, really good. And well done to your wife for that. Um, Tamash, just leaves me to say thank you. Um, the opportunity to just spend a bit of time with you, you know, dig a bit deeper, lift the lid on your experience in your life. It's just been super. And I'm sure the listeners will really enjoy listening to this. Yeah. Nigel, I already thank you. So thank you for inviting me. And I want to thank you uh, at this forum as well for everything that you have done uh, for Attila, me and our joint venture partner, Kim. Uh, the most dangerous thing, dangerous thing in any business uh, is the unknown or are the unknown unknowns. And, you know, help, you, you're helping with us not to uh, run into troubles because of the unknown unknowns. I've learned so much from you and Mark uh, in the past uh, two and a half years. Uh, you've done so much uh, for us. I want to thank you that as well. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. That's fantastic. So everybody's been listening here to the Property Developers and Investors podcast, and it's been fantastic to to meet and listen to Tamash Rigo's story. Thank you very much, Tamash. Thank you, Nigel. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you would like more inspiration, why not join our Facebook group, Property Developers and Investors, or visit our website, www.equaacademy.co.uk.